Hi guys, welcome to the Lee Lyle Toll Effect. Yes, the name has changed. We are no longer What's Happening. I wasn't comfortable with the name and the direction that the show was kind of going. And I kind of thought, because the show is about things that are basically in my head most of the time, and things that I have looked into in the past and I'm presently looking into, I thought it was better to give the show a different name. Also, because you can't post comments on a podcast, I've created a Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Lee, L-E-I-G-H, Lyle, L-Y-L-E, Toll, T-O-A-L, Effect. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts and get conversations going, get ideas of what other things we could, I could look into and see what's going on in the crazy world that we actually live in. Also, there's going to be a kind of a newer format, so I'm going to do like the sort of little funny stories or little history bits will probably be shorter episodes, 20 to 30 minutes. And then I will do longer ones on true crime and mystery and things like that. They'll be up to an hour and maybe longer. I have had a little bit of a break. I have multiple sclerosis and so Christmas kind of... I had a few challenges this year and I wanted also to have in my head what things I was going to look into and try and get a little bit more things sorted and get as much sort as I wanted to in terms of how the show's taped and things, but we will get there. Um, so what I thought was to open up 2023 with a little funny kind of story. So... Today we are going to have a look at the story of the Bisley boy. You might or might not have heard of this story, but it's about one, it's one of those funny little stories that's out there about the royal family, but historically. So I came across it years ago when I was down a rabbit hole about some other thing, some other story, and I always had in the back burner that once I started the podcast, or the yeah the podcast that I would I would want to tell it. So royal connections to the Cotswolds are very well established today with Highgrove, home to King Charles III, situated near Tetbury and six miles away from Catacomb, is which is the home of his sister Princess Anne and Princess Royal. History is no different with a plethora of royal connections across the area going back to the burial of Anglo-Saxon kings in Malinsbury and the imprisonment of monarchs in Berkeley Castle. Some names I'm probably going to get wrong, so if you want you can correct me. Sudley Castle is another location steeped in royal history, built many years before the castle, and that's why you have have your phone turned off when doing a podcast. Um, built many years before the castle was in dis- disrepair when Henry VIII and his second wife Anne Boleyn visited in 1535. Anne's fate was beheading in the Tower of London just a year later. But the castle maintained royal engagements for some time 
longer and is the resting place of Henry VIII's sixth and final wife, Catherine Parr. But details of that are for another time, but perhaps the connection with the most intrigue can be reserved for Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn's daughter, Elizabeth I, who we are going to call Elizabeth and the small the small Cotwalt's village of Bisley near Stroud. It is a tradition amongst villages in England to celebrate the advent of the month of May with a festival involving processions, music, dancing and the Place de Resistance and May Queen. Usually a young girl from the village adorned with a crown of flowers, the village of Bisley, however, does things differently. They chose a boy instead and have him dressed in the clothes of a Tudor-era female. The, que- the question as to why is one which plagued Bram Stoker, author of Dracula, who when he heard of the strange custom sought, it, sought out to get to the bottom of it. In the lesser known works famous imposters that he wrote, Bram Stoker knew that in these these traditions often come from an element of factual facts from history and kind of then wanted to know what where it came from where the where the tradition started so the tradition was that the lady lady elizabeth during her childhood was sent away with her governess for change of air to Bisley, sometime in 1543 and 1544, they were sent to get away from the plague in London, where the strong, sweet air of the Cotswold Hills would brace her up. The healthy qualities of the place were known to her father and many of those around her. While she, she was at Overcourt, Word was sent to her governess that the king was coming to see his little daughter. But shortly before the time fixed and whilst his arrival was expected, at any hour a frightful, catastrophic thing happened. The child who has been ailing developed acute fever and before steps could be taken to get her help, she died. The governess feared to tell the king. King Henry VIII had the sort of temper which did not make for the happiness of those around him. He was quite short-tempered, his stature and because he was beheading and killing wives left, right and centre and divorcing them, um, he started to get a reputation. So in his despair, in her despair, she, having hidden the body, rushed off to the village to try to find some other child whose body could be submitted, substituted for that of the dead princess so that they could delay telling the king till after his majesty's departure but the population was small and no girl child of any kind was available more than ever distracted for time was flying by she was determined to take the greater risk of a boy substitute if a boy could be found happily for the poor woman's safety for her very life now hung in the balance this venture was easily enough to be, to begin. There was a boy available and just such a boy as would suit the special purpose for which he was required. A boy well known to the governess for the little 
princess had taken a fancy to him and had lately been accustomed to play with him. Moreover, he was a pretty boy, which might be might have been the reason why the l- little Lady Elizabeth chose him as her playmate. He was close at hand and available, so he was clothed in the, the dress of the dead child, being of equal stature and when the king's forerider appeared the poor overwrought governess was able to breathe freely the visit passed off successfully henry suspected nothing as the whole thing had happened so swiftly elizabeth had been brought up in such dread of her father that he had not been accustomed to showing any affection and in his hurried visit He had no time to spend with his daughter. Then came the reality of such a deception. As the dead child could not be brought back to life, the king was under the impression that he could count on his younger daughter as a pawn in the great game of political chess which he had entered in so deeply. Those who knew the secret did not and could not dare to tell the difficulties and dangers to one and all involved would have grown each day more and more. So, fortunately for the safety of their heads, circumstances favoured them. The secret was up to now hidden in a remote village high in the hillside of the Cotswolds. So Elizabeth was three in 1536. The story of the Bisley boy dates probably to the 1543 to 44 so that that if the story have any foundation at all in fact signs of a complete change of identity in the person of lady elizabeth must be looked for in the period of when she was 10 or 11 years of age over 300 years later the reverend thomas kimball told his family of the discovery of the remains of a girl's body in a stone coffin at Overcourt while building work was being carried out at the manor house. The remains included rags of fine Tudor style clothing and was buried. He then buried the girl in an unmarked grave to avoid a shrine being made of the area. So the reasons why Bram Stoker gave gave the story credence and really got involved in it and really started to believe that it could be true is the kind of following facts he wrote, well you can be forgiving for calling this story Tommy Rot, which is what the New York Times said of Stoker's 1911 book. So Elizabeth's secret nature. Her actions during her lifetime seem to suggest, according to Stoker, that she had a closely guarded secret. Sir Robert Tyrrett wrote to Protector Somerset in 1549, I do verily believe that there hath been some secret promise between my lady mistress Ashley, Elizabeth's governess, 
and the cofferer Sir Thomas Perry never to disgust to death. Elizabeth's close relationship with Cat Ashley, Thomas Perry and Blanche Perry. She treated them all with favour and kept them close to her throughout her life. Elizabeth's refusal to marry. She would not marry and that would have been odd at the time because she would have always been pushed to marry by her council to protect England and the future. Rumours that Elizabeth could not bear children in April 1559 when Elizabeth was only 25 the court de Ferry wrote, County Ferry wrote, if my spies do not lie which I believe they do not for a certain reason which they have recently given me I understand that she Elizabeth will not bear children. A significant change in literacy style between the letters Elizabeth wrote Catherine Parr in 1543 and 1544. I've seen different writings of Elizabeth but I can't get dates for them. Um, but it does look like her writing went from a very lovely, almost picturesque to sort kind of scribbly throughout her life starting from this date. Roger Ashcrum's warning in one letter to Cat Ashley not to be too zealous in her teachings of Elizabeth, to go slowly, and then a letter written by Roger Ascram to John Strumus, rector of the Protestant University of Strasbourg in 1550, where he writes, the constitution of her mind is exempt from female weakness and she is endured with a masculine power of application. No apprehension can be quicker than hers, no memory more retentive, French and Latin. She speaks like English, Latin with fluency, proper, 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 proper purity and judgment. She also spoke Greek with me fluently, willingly and an understanding understanding it well nothing can be more elegant than her handwriting whether in the greek or roman character in music she is very skillful but does not greatly delight with respect to personal decoration she greatly prefers a simple elegance to show a splendor to show and splendor so dispensing the outward adorning of plaiting the hair and of wearing of gold that in the whole manner of her life she rather resembles Hippolyta than Phaedra. And I told you I'm wrecking some of these names. So Catherine Parr's encouragement of the horseplay between her Husband Thomas Seymour and Elizabeth, did she know that Elizabeth was a boy and this was her idea of revenge on her husband? Elizabeth's huge stock of wigs were they to cover up male baldness. Elizabeth's refusal to see other doctors. Stalker cites the occasion when Elizabeth was ill during her house arrest at Woodstock. Apparently, Elizabeth's usual physicians were not available and Elizabeth refused to see anyone else. I always felt that Queen Elizabeth had a masculine energy and I know that doesn't mean that she was, uh, you know, a female. 
but it is enough to plant a seed of doubt. We know um, her dad, who her dad was, Henry VIII, so she may, if this wasn't true, then she was probably wanting to try and match, kind of, to show that she is his daughter, but also if it is true, the person would want to show that, look, I am Elizabeth, and play the role the best that that the person could to then match an element of Henry VIII. At Tilbury, Elizabeth famously said to, to her army, I know I have the body, but of a weak and feeble woman, but I have the heart and stomach of a king, and a king of England too. So according to John Mark Philo, Philo, when she's a child, her writing is this absolutely exquisite idyllic, Philo says, as her reign progresses, you can see it falling apart. By the 1590s, it's a wonderful, fantastically messy. And her handwriting changed just before her teenage years, then that gives more evidence to the the event being true so I've said that before um, it said that she was close to her brother not her older sister this could be because they were close in age but also shared something else maybe she was also said to have been indifferent when her father died this could have been because they were not related or because they had not formed any kind of relationship when he was alive the last theory is that she fell ill and they dressed the boy to see the king in her place. She then got over the illness and went back to London. It doesn't explain why the girl whose dress and Tudor finery was buried in a grave and the remains that remains a mystery. And what happened to create the tradition of dressing up a boy as a Tudor girl in May in the town of Bisley is still and will probably always be a mystery. So thank you for joining me today for that quick kind of fun story. And I will be back soon.